filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, filibuster freestyle. March 27th, 2020, we are in the quarantine, COVID-19, coronavirus, quarantine special. It's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle. We've got from the West Coast, our buddy Jeremy Johnson. We'll be checking him in a bit. Jeremy is going to do a little quarantine kitchen podcast, a little quarantine kitchen confidential, if you will. Um, honestly, probably going to be some really good tips on where to find groceries and supplies, how to make them last, how to make some creative meals. Jeremy and his family, he's got a family of three. Um, you know, he does most of the cooking, um, and he does it online. He puts it on Man Cook Good on his Instagram feed. Does an unbelievable job, so check that out. It is about 10.30 in the East on a Friday night. I am very much on the precipice of going to sleep, but Jeremy's three hours behind. He's trying to get his daughter to bed, and he's trying to join us. So Filibuster Freestyle, you can follow us on all the social media outlets, at Filibuster Freestyle or at, B, at FB underscore freestyle on Twitter. Frankly, on Twitter, just just type in filibusterfreestyle.com and you'll be good to go. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and like the pod on various social media platforms, including Deezer, Spotify, and all the others. And um, coming up next is our buddy Jeremy. Before I bring him in, Places listening, I just want to give a shout-out to France, as always, Paris, France, for being number one stunners. Also, wanted to give a shout-out to our friends in Puerto Rico. Had a couple of downloads in Puerto Rico this week. Really appreciate that. And, uh, again, here comes Jeremy Johnson to do a little Kitchen Confidential quarantine style. All right, folks, as promised, from the West Coast in the Subaru Sound Booth on Pacific Avenue, I think. In Mar Vista, beautiful Los Angeles, California, please welcome, even though there's no live studio audience, Jeremy Johnson. What's up, my man? Hey, Gav. You know, what is up? Who knows? You know, what's funny is um, it's apropos that I announced you to a studio audience that wasn't here, considering that, you know, there are no more audiences. Audience, we are sound audiences here in 2020. Yeah, I haven't been watching television so to speak, but um, from what I've seen from clips, it's like everybody is broadcasting like on networks, like from like webcams and phones and stuff. Yes, there's a lot of, what's amazing is that a lot of shows like this, for instance, this podcast and the technology that we use for this podcast is literally being broadcast over, you know, network and cable television nowadays because yeah, the people they want to talk to aren't in any place, you know, to uh, get to a studio, nor should they, because we are in right. quarantine day, whatever, 14 is it? I don't know. Where, you, well, you, it depends where you are. Right. What day are you in? Um, I think you posted I mean, 14 today on your Instagram is yeah, why I said right. it. Yeah, that's right. Today is Friday the 27th, so we went into a self-quarantine um, about 14 days ago to the minute almost mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so we're in day 14 
Got it. And so, in, you know, we bring that up because actually you're the right guy to talk to. So um, on the filibuster freestyle, we get Jeremy on. He's from, he does man cook good stuff. And while he has a lot of interesting points on a lot of things, at the end of the day, if you follow his Instagram, you know that he's cooking and cooking from scratch, or at least, you know, getting all the materials and making it himself pretty much as much as possible. And certainly the not leaving the house except to get food and probably get some exercise for your family and some fresh air. You know, you've got to make all your meals. You've got to buy all your food. You've got to make it last. You've got to make sure you're not going to go to the store to run out for X because X might not be there anymore. So, like, I guess what we start with is either as you get ready to be in the house for indefinite amounts of time, you know, where do you start? What do you buy to give yourself some longevity? I think um, you start in your own freezer and in your cabinets. Uh, I think you, you kind of have to take a, um, a mental note of what you have already. And um, in your freezer, for instance, I went through our freezer and I took everything out of a box or any extra packaging that I could so that I could gain some space. I don't have like a chest freezer in my garage or anything. I live in an apartment. Yeah. So I reduced the volume of non-food items in the freezer and organized as best I could. I found this, you know, these several pieces of meat that I bought on sale months ago that I was like, oh yeah, you know, perfect. I'll eat that, you know, next week. So I know I've got this much pork, this much chicken, this much beef. I've got three pieces of fish and a bag of frozen shrimp. So I knew what I had before I went. I also went through the cabinets and took stock of what I had for dry goods and canned goods. And that helped me just start to wrap my head around it, Gab. I mean, I, I cook like this all the time. This is kind of my happy place, but it's a little overwhelming to think like, wow, I mean, I really shouldn't be going back to the store. And what am I going to make for three meals a day for the foreseeable future without making the same thing over and over again? Right. So. You know, you kind of have to take stock of what you have so you don't double buy. And you just, you're going to have to probably accept, depending on where you're at in your own quarantine and where you are in the world and in the country, uh, if you're in the beginning stages of it, your grocery stores are not going to have anything in the frozen food aisle or the canned food aisle. You're not going to have any easy carbs. So that means pasta. Uh, most rice is gone. Um, that's your major grocery stores. They got hit in, in those areas really hard. Yep. And in the very, very beginning, they all run out of meat, but then meat and dairy and even, you know, vegetables were just hammered because there's there's a little bit of mayhem in the grocery stores. Um, once they get a hold of what's going on and they start limiting, the amount of people that can be in the store at the same time, they can start resupplying. But you really, you can really only count on food that has a quick resupply anyway. Like, for instance, dairy comes in mm-hmm. every day normally. They don't bring in cans of black beans every day. Right. They get like a monthly shipment or a weekly shipment. Right. Right. They order a, a case. And then so and I was talking to uh, someone at the grocery store at the Whole Foods and um, she's like, look, we're, we're ordering 10 cases of, uh, of beans and we're getting two 
because all the the whole supply chain is being hammered and they're just rationing it out to stores so that everybody gets a little bit. Right. I mean, we had an example at Trader Joe's the other day where Cindy went and that you could only buy two of everything you wanted to buy. So whether and was, that's a good thing, totally, because totally. otherwise they're they're empty half the day. But then on the other hand, you don't want to be leaving and going out. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of the thing. So, it's like you know, if you want, if you really would like to buy, say, five whatevers, but you're only allowed to have two. One of the reasons you wanted to buy five whatever is because you wanted to use all five of those things, at least hopefully. But yeah, I right. mean, I, I get the part that you got to ration deliveries, you got to ration who can be in the store, and you got to ration what people in the store can grab. That all makes sense. But to your point, then everybody's got to come back to the store again. Right, but if it's if it's civilized and you have a you have a game plan, then the store, you know. It won't be so bad, but the big thing is you're going to want to get into preserving food in the freezer, and you're going to want to get into some other ideas too. And you really don't want anything to go to waste, right? Um, but in terms of going to the store, a couple things that I've figured out: I've now been to the grocery store twice um, in the in the pandemic environment, and I learned a few things, even that you know made me smack my own head, except I wasn't touching my face. <laughs> Um, but for instance, I brought my reusable bags, like the good little, you know, yuppie. Not supposed to anymore. I am. And I bring my reusable bags and I put my reusable bags in my shopping cart. And then I'm like, wow, they basically have the coronavirus now. Yes. Um, that includes my reusable mesh bags for produce instead of plastic. Yep. Don't want, no, don't, can't, you know, can't do that either. Now they're contaminated. Oh, I brought my water bottle in too. Great, now my water bottle is contaminated. Oh, I didn't make a list on a piece of paper. I made a list on my phone. So now I'm touching my phone, but I have gloves on. So everything I touch, then I touch my phone. So now I'm cross-contaminating my phone. Yep. So make a list on a piece of paper. Old school. And that way you're, you're not touching your phone. Um, I've got AirPods that read short text messages to me. Um, that way I'm not automatically pull my phone in my pocket when I get a text saying, don't forget cottage cheese, you know? <laughs> um, so that was another little hack. Uh, I wear gloves and I wear an N95 mask. I had a few masks in my work kit. Wow. When I'm at the grocery store, I wear, I wear gloves and a mask because a, it's good to protect yourself. Uh, B when you have gloves and a mask on, or even just gloves on, you're less likely to rub your face. Yeah. So, if you've got any sort of gloves, great. But then you're thinking everything you touch with those gloves is going to get dirty. So, like, you know, maybe preload a paper towel with some Lysol or something and bring it down to your car and take those gloves off and, and really think about, like, everything you touch, you know, with the gloves on then has to be wiped down after the gloves are off. Things of that nature. Yeah. Hey, what do you um, think? Well, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, what do you think about, um, I've heard that, and I've actually seen now too, you mentioned some of the bigger supermarkets and the things that, that, you know, they have runs on produce, they have runs on carbs, they have runs on whatever. Have you thought or seen or been able to go to any smaller supermarkets, whether they be, you know, specializing in, in, in different types of international cuisine or just smaller mom and pop type places? Um, you know, we have one here in South Boston that, that, you know, they've actually done a pretty good job of stocking their shelves and being 
you know, they just, they just don't get the kind of volume that a, a stop and shop or a Trader Joe's is going to get. So they've actually been much better stocked. Are you seeing the same thing or hearing the same thing about yes, stores I out am. there? I am. My, my concern with that, now that's great for running out, um, but my concern with that for me is like, I don't want to go into a public place more than I have to. So I don't want to be shopping store to store to store. Sure. So, um, that's why I personally haven't done it, but from what I've heard on Instagram, uh, from a lot of people is they're having a lot of success at ethnic stores, um, and small grocery stores and even finding like toilet paper at like Seven Eleven and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, you forget about all but the places again, you can get it. It's you more can't expensive. Go into another store. Yep. Yep. That's true. But I mean, really, like when you're zipping in out of a store, it's got an automatic door, or you're just, you know, like, look, like, don't touch your hands, face, don't touch your face, and wash your hands as instantly as you can. And just walking in and out of a building isn't like automatic illness, but I'm just trying, I mean, it's just, it's getting exhausting trying to figure out, like, what do I have to clean? What do I not have to clean? Like, trying to keep everything sterilized and, like, working my way backwards from the from the point of contact. So, like, I'm trying to keep things in closed loops. So, like, we go here, I do this, then I come back and um, go from there. But um, I am hearing good things about the mom and pops and the ethnic stores. Yeah, for um, sure. I would recommend going early in the day. But um, you don't want to go right when they open because that's what everybody thinks. Yes. And a lot of stores are doing elderly hours anyway. Yes. So the first hour they're open, it's just for people that are over 60. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is check with the store when they're actually open. Their hours are different now. And I've had a lot of success going at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock on a weekday. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I've heard other people like they, they go at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, two in the afternoon worked out, out worked out well for our household yesterday, which was cool. So, um, then you if you go in the morning, you still have access to their morning shipment, but um, you're less likely to wait in a line where everybody spreads six feet apart, and they're only letting so many people in at a time. So the line, these lines in the city are stretching for you know, like a football field, even though there's not that many people in them. It's a little demoralizing. Well, that's the thing is it's it's you're, and the thing is you're still out there a long time, and I understand that if you're socially distancing yourself, that's great. But I don't know, man. Like the amount of you people. Go home. Well, the amount of people. Exactly. Number one, you just want to go home. Number two, the amount of people who clearly don't understand what six feet is, even close to the concept of it, is amazing. Like, okay, everybody, pick the average sized man in America. So, like. The guy you see more often than not, who's like five foot ten, throw two more inches on top of that. Like if you're not an average dude plus away from the next person, that's not six feet. That's just a heads up. Right. A lot of people. A lot of people are doing the three and a half footer, and it's just like sounds like a two and a half foot bad idea. It's making me angry just thinking about it. Well, I mean, off topic, but. Los Angeles just announced that the entire county's uh, beach system, which is like hundreds of miles of sand, is now closed because last weekend everybody ruined it by bum-rushing all the popular beaches and running around in crowds. Right. So I can't go to the beach with my wife and my daughter to get her out of the apartment 
so she can run off some steam a little bit and sit in the middle of sand with hundreds of feet between me and the next people who are safely staying to their side because everybody can't seem to get their head wrapped around this. So mm-hmm. now I don't know where we're going to go. Like we can't go to the parks. We can't go. We don't have a yard. Like now we can't go to the beach. Like yeah. it just breaks my heart for that little girl because she needs to get out of the house and run around just for like, we're talking like an hour or two a day. Like I'm not talking about like all day long. We just need to burn off some fuel. Yeah. And, um, we just lost one of those places and it's because people don't know how to handle themselves. They're not taking it seriously. That's a separate topic. Yeah, exactly. Or I got jabronis today. I'm watching them. You know, we live near the beach here, South Boston. It's not as year-round as your beach, but that's okay. Um, but you get these, it's, you know, 61 degrees in Massachusetts. So, um, you know, that, yeah. means, that means it's throw the Frisbee on the green weather if you're in college. You know what I mean? But right. you got these jabronis playing football and playing pass. And it's like, I don't care if you're 50 yards from each other. You're touching the yeah. same ball. I know. I know. The ball has the disease on it. Or, like, I see guys playing pickup basketball five-on-five. Five. I mean, Mario, or not Mario Cuomo, but, you know, Andrew Cuomo already, uh, you know, covered that one. I mean, if you're playing six feet off somebody, you're bad at basketball. But also, everybody, you're touching the same ball. Yeah. <laughs> if there are 10 guys playing, there are 20 hands touching the ball. Yeah. Stop it. It's really bad. So, anyway, it's tough. And it's tough because we all want to be social, but we, it's not good. Um, anyway, so back to the food. So, um, people's pantries, tips on like how to empty out the pantry, tips on how to, you mentioned in the, in the pre-show meeting about make, letting people know how to make chicken soup from a rotisserie chicken. I want to make sure we definitely yeah. get to that too. Well, that, that's one thing that I think in terms of what the stores do have, they have plenty of dairy, they have plenty of vegetables, plenty of fruit, they have plenty of meat, they're cold cuts. Um, those things are all well stocked. If you go to a grocery store that has a bakery or, you know, as a lot of the ethnic markets out here have a tortilleria where they're making and manufacturing in house. Yep. Those are really good because they've got a lot of bread and stuff. I mean, I bought like loaves of bread that were still warm from the grocery store two weeks ago. Um, but you want to get first and foremost, Carrot, celery, and onion. Carrot, okay, celery, the, onion. Okay. That's called mirepoix. That is like the founding, those are building blocks for a million things that you can cook. Hmm. Um, carrots last forever in the fridge. Celery has pretty good shelf life, and onion does too. Um, onions and potatoes and yams are starting to restock in stores here. They did get hammered um, early on, but they are being restocked. But... You, you, those are building blocks. You got to start thinking about your food in that this way. You've got, you've got your 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 building block ingredients, your side dishes, and then your main protein or or meat. Um, your main protein can be uh, sweet potato or beans or tofu or um, or chicken or pork or whatever. But you know you're trying to like mix and match like three different um, three different things on your plate. For each meal, starches, vegetables, meat. Yeah. If you can just hit those three notes or a protein, if you can hit those three notes in every dish, then you're, you're getting your nutrients, you're getting your vitamins and minerals, 
and you can you can kind of rotate all that and try then you start trying to get into like different accents and textures and stuff but carrots onions um celery bell peppers those are great building blocks for flavor um they also freeze really good uh things like broccoli cauliflower uh beets also carrots any potatoes any sweet potatoes those things they keep really well and they you can make them a lot of different ways you can you can um roast them you can steam them you can boil them you can mash them you can you know bake them and stuff them you know um so you can get some variety out of your same ingredient by cooking it three different ways if you steam some broccoli and toss it in butter and salt um that's delicious, especially if you don't steam it to death like you're a lunch lady. Um, and, but then you take that same broccoli and you toss it in a little bit of soy sauce and you lay it out on a sheet pan so that it's not all piled on top of each other. It's got a little bit of room all around it. You stick it in the oven for like 10 minutes on 400. Yep. And now you've got crispy broccoli that's a little bit charred on the edges. And you get that nice umami flavor from the soy sauce. Oh, yeah. Maybe toss some breadcrumbs in with it. So the breadcrumbs are, and olive oil and the breadcrumbs and olive oil are, are getting a little crispy and crunchy too. But, you know, you're not trying to like batter and fry it. Um you know, same with like with carrots. You can you can put you can build a whole soup off of carrots, or you can cut them into fries, toss them in olive oil and salt, put them in the oven with some room four hundred for like twenty minutes until they start to crisp around the edges, and then you get this really delicious uh, side dish. That's just one more way to make carrots. So, in terms of vegetables, when you, we walk in the store, most people walk right in the produce section. Get yourself some building block ingredients that are going to keep a little bit. It's going to be plenty of lettuce. There's going to be plenty of greens. And winter greens hold up pretty good. Chard, kale, mustard greens, things like that. They hold up pretty good. Um, but you you got to plan to use them because they're not going to last as long as the other stuff. Um, and so, they, so you, you know, you get, some, you get some potatoes, you get some carrots, you get some onion, your celery, your bell peppers. Uh, you get like, you know, get some cucumbers, get cherry tomatoes cause they keep pretty good in the fridge. Uh, and you get a million of them. So you can like make it seem like it's lasting longer by cutting them into like mm. little pieces. So you end up eating like, feels like 12 bites instead of like two, you right, know? Right, right, Um, you kind of fool your brain a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Make yourself think you're full. Right. And, and if you're in my situation, you've got a toddler, like you, you know, you want to offer variety, but like. You know, like, you only have so much food to go around, so preparing in different ways makes it a little more exciting, too. Yeah, I've been noticing a lot of your uh, toddler-approved, if you will, um, lunches and dinners and things like that on on your Instagram feed, little man cook good plug there. But, um, yeah, some really good stuff that looks like, I don't want to say it's easy to make, but you're doing a good job making it look different every time. Yeah, and it is easy to make. You know, I make a lot of a lot of food, and a lot of people are really excited about what I make. But I don't. I have a normal life. Like I'm not doing anything that's really that complicated. The vast majority of the things I do, I just mix and match some different techniques. I try to achieve some different textures. I have, you know, almost everything I do is like olive oil and salt. Yeah. Which brings me to my my next point. Make sure you have olive oil and salt. Make sure you have vinegar, okay, um, or, you know, plenty of lemons because you're going to need that acidity. Um, 
if you run out of olive oil and salt, I'm, I'm running out of ideas for you. You know what I mean? Like, you got to make sure you've got plenty of that. And if you're going to be cooking, you know, two, three meals a day, you're, you're going to use a lot more than you expect. Yeah. So that first trip to the store, re, resupply, you know, your, at least your olive oil. Salt tends to go a long ways. But, um, and when you're talking about meat, like, I, I'm really getting into, like, dollars per calorie here, you know. So when you're talking about fruit and vegetables, if they're available, chances are they're, they're about as local as can be, depending on what part of the country you're in. And if they're local, they're going to be cheaper. Um, so, you know, try, try to wrap your head around, like, actually look at that little thing on the price that says, like, you know, dollars per ounce. And, yeah. and really maximize things, because I think... Ultimately, this is going to be as much a financial crisis as it's going to be a health crisis. And, you know, you don't want to be spending money on luxury ingredients because they've got plenty of them at the store because nobody's buying them. So try and stay humble with what you buy and and really, you know, check the stickers, check the price and make sure that you're, you're maximizing your dollar. Um, like if you're making a salad, don't. Don't use jar dressing unless you have one already. Make your own. Do a swirl of olive oil, a splash or two of vinegar or lemon juice, a big pinch of salt, some black pepper. Mm, yeah. Toss that salad. You're done. I mean, that's like the the that is the basis of like so many different salad dressings and even things that you toss on like on meat and vegetables. It's it's a simple thing. It's fat. It's salt. It's acidity, and then pepper is just something that for some reason in this country we pair salt and pepper together with everything but um, <laughs> i mean it works right it is nice you know but make your own salad dressing um another good thing to buy is like buy like a big knob of ginger uh make sure you've got a bunch of bulbs of garlic fresh garlic um and then work your way over the meat section and you know good good dollar per pound is like chicken on the bone you can buy whole chickens or you can buy um like chicken thighs, not only are they the most delicious uh, part of the chicken and far superior to chicken breasts, in my opinion, they also are like half the price. Mm. Um, uh, or like the less the butcher has to handle it, the, oh, the cheaper it's going to be. Yeah. So like a, a quarter chicken is a thigh and a, a drumstick combined. Um, that's cheaper than a, a chicken thigh or chicken drumsticks because it's like one less cut. Right. Um, you can um, you can find bigger cuts of meat like like pork shoulder or um, or you know uh, beef chuck and things of that nature that you can do slow cooking, which would be really good for for leftovers and freezing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, ground meat, plenty of ground meat out there, and it also freezes really well. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, uh, if you get if you get like ginger, soy sauce, and scallions, you're pretty much like there on Asian food or Japanese food, I should say. Yeah. So you can do a stir fry with those three things: ginger, garlic, scallion, soy sauce with veggies and rice, and you're done. You know. Um, you want your rice? I hope that your store still has rice. You want uh, some pasta? Uh, you know, I hope that they still have pasta. If they don't, uh, keep keep looking forward on like Amazon Prime or Instacart or things like that because 
it's exhausting to make everything from scratch. You're going to want some things that you can just slap together. Yeah. Um, we want. We still want to save the world, but make sure you have uh, gallon Ziploc bags and uh, quart size too. Uh, we'll get you back, planet Earth, but like we got to preserve our food here. Well, for sure. And you know, a funny, funny thing you say that JJ. Uh, you know, getting good, getting good hot takes today that you know the ozone layer after two three weeks over Italy is starting to kind of come back together. The canals in Venice are starting to clear right up after a month of inactivity. So, to your point, I, I do think we need to continue to try to do planet Earth more solids. But planet Earth real resilient and <laughs> clearly is very capable of getting rid of us before we get rid of it. So yeah. Not really interested in us, and uh, Shangri-La will be here if we are not. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so, like, if you're freezing things, here's a big hot tip, okay? If you're freezing, let's say you're you've got more stuff in your fridge than you want, or you saw a whole bunch of vegetables for cheap and you couldn't get any frozen veggies, you can totally freeze vegetables. Mm. Corn, peas, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, green beans, squash, onions, peppers, all that stuff. Celery, that can all be frozen really well. The trick, though, is to freeze it on, like, sheet pans so they're not touching. And then when they're all frozen, then you put it in the bag. Ah. And that way you don't end up with a giant, you know, softball-sized <laughs> ball of celery. <laughs> That you don't like. What are you supposed to do with that? You got to use three sticks of celery, four, you know, or a whole bunch of yep. carrots in, in one thing. So freeze it on on sheet pans and then put it in the freezer bags. Um, when I bought uh, the ground meat that I bought the last time I was at the store, I came home, I portioned it into um, into half pound portions and put it into uh, quart freezer bags and flattened them out and then put them in the freezer like that so now they, they take up the you know this like it's less than a deck of cards it's like you know it's larger than that footprint but the, it's thinner than that yeah and you can stack it almost like spines of a book you know you're not you don't just have a big block and then when I, when we have hamburgers in another night or two i'm just going to pull that frozen meat out it'll, it'll thaw faster because it's thinner and I know that in that one package, we've got enough to feed us. And I don't have to worry about, like, thawing too much or wasting anything. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. You know, also. like, so, like, you know, let's say uh, squash and zucchini is on sale or just cheap or abundant. Um, you know, buy a bunch of it. Slice it into coins or into half coins freeze it on sheet pans, put it in freezer bags into, you know, chunks that you're going to use for portions for however many people you're trying to feed and then put that on the freezer. It's going to last like eight to 10 months is <laughs> if you do it right. Yeah. And hopefully you're not digging in your zucchini squash because you're still on quarantine in October. Right. So that's, that's a different podcast. Um, it's a different podcast. Uh, you can, you know, when I was talking about Mirepoix, the, the carrot, celery, onion, um, that and that is a great thing to freeze in portions. Um, you do like an onion or a half onion, a couple carrots, a couple sticks of celery, chop it up real fine, put it into a freezer bag, flatten it out, put it in the freezer. 
you're halfway to soup right there. <laughs> Big band name of the week, um, halfway to soup. I like it. Halfway to soup. Uh, so the, to wrap it all up, plan ahead. Think about your dollars per calorie. Um, really think about what you're going to need. Prep your place. Uh, watch that video that's gone viral about that um, that doctor in in the Midwest who teaches everybody to take their groceries inside without contaminating their entire house. Yep. Um, that is uh, really enlightening, and um, it just is such a bummer, but it's just what we have to do right now. Um, don't bring your own bags. Don't bring anything in the store. Uh, try to bring some wipes in the car with you so you can wipe things down so that you're not contaminating your whole car as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, freezing things will not kill the virus the virus can live for years in a freezer the only thing that will kill the virus is heat mm. so or you know lysol or you know bleach so don't think by throwing something that's in its package in the freezer that it's going to be fine because it's, it's not so unpackage it put it in your own containers and uh you know try to then buy ingredients that you are comfortable with. Um, a great resource uh, that I, I send people to a lot, uh, Bon Appetit, it's Condé Nast, one of the Condé Nast magazines. They have a property or a brand called uh, Basically, if you don't cook a lot. Um, basically, is like everything is like 10 ingredients or less, and they really try and streamline all the cooking processes. So it's a great place to start. If you want to learn how to feed yourself, but you don't want to get bogged down in, in ingredients and in um, instructions. So, and those guys are great. They do great. They test all their recipes. So you're not going to end up on a diving board by yourself wondering, like, why does this suck? Like, they, they think it through. <laughs> yeah, now is not the time to have to make something trial and error and then throw it out and just go to McDonald's because you just don't want to go back out. No, you don't want to go back out. Um, a lot of stores that have rotisserie chickens in like plastic bags yep. uh, are really well stocked right now. And um, just, you know, I know this is a two parter and we're going to get into some like kitchen quarantine recipes next time around. Yep. But I'm just going to give everybody something you can, you can plan on making when you go to the store. You can come home and you can crank this out and you can feed a family of four twice with it, okay? Um, you got your standard rotisserie chicken. You get uh, an onion, two, three carrots, two or three sticks of celery. You chop up your onion. You put it in the um, you put it in a big pot or a Dutch oven with some olive oil and season the uh, season it with salt. Cook it on like a medium low until that onion starts to soften and sweat while you're chopping your celery and your carrot. Throw that in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, take any celery leaves that you can get off of the thing of celery. Use that in your Toss them in, uh, there. in your soup. Toss it in there. You don't have to do it right away. It also doesn't matter if you forget and do it right away. There's a lot of nutrients in that. You don't want to be wasting stuff. You can even use that like later as like a garnish if you want. But that's now we're getting away from the the mission here. Yep. So you got your celery, your carrot, and an onion in the large pot. Put another layer, another pinch of two of salt in it. A little bit more olive oil if it looks dry. And uh, cover that, cook it on like medium, medium low until all those ingredients start to soften a little bit. Um, 
Meanwhile, you've got your rotisserie chicken. Separate the whole thing, meat from bone. And you can, um, you know, put all your meat in one uh, in one container. It's, I think like a standard rotisserie chicken is like three or four cups of meat. It's, it's quite a bit. Mm. Um, at this point, you can add the chicken to the uh, pot with it. Put in uh, eight cups of water or uh, chicken broth um, and add some more salt. Don't go crazy. You can add a bay leaf if you have one of those, like, you know, 100-year-old bay leaves that everybody's got in their pantry. <laughs> Maybe toss, toss in two. A um, couple bulbs of garlic, loosely chopped. Don't put it in with your onions. You, uh, garlic burns really fast, so you throw that in a little bit later. And the less that you chop garlic, the more mild it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll take a couple cloves of garlic, I'll chop them into, like, six or eight pieces, and I'll throw them in. Um, and then you just simmer it. And you, you let it cook for an hour or two. Um, as it's cooking, it's pulling a lot of juices and, and flavor out of, the, out of the chicken. It's going into the water or the broth. Um, taste it every here and there. Add more salt. And, uh, and get it. So it, after about two hours on medium low, it should really start to taste like soup. Nice. Um, you can then, then if it's like too much broth, take off the cover, turn the heat way up. Now, not only will it steam off a bunch of the water, it'll also concentrate the existing flavors in the soup. Um, if you want to make chicken noodle soup or chicken rice soup, I'd recommend making the noodles and the rice, uh, separately. And then you add it to the soup so that then when you when you set aside the rest of it for leftovers, you don't end up with that big block of, of rice or noodles with like mm. no broth left because it just keeps absorbing it. Got it. Um, then you eat your soup. Meanwhile, you take all the bones and everything from that rotisserie chicken and you put that in another pot with another eight cups of water. Yep. And you can add... A half an onion, a couple garlic bulbs, or just not, and you just boil that for a long time. Boil it until it's it's yellow, and you know skim off the foam if you want. But if you don't, it's not a problem. It's just an appearance thing. Um, the foam is like minerals bubbling out of the bones as you boil the bones. It's very medieval. <laughs> and then when that thing is yellow and and dark skim out the bones or, you know, pour them, you know, through a, uh, a colander with a bowl underneath it or something. And then you've got chicken broth for your next batch Bang. or for anything. You want to make rice, you want to make something, add extra flavor to it. You've got your own chicken stock. That'll make your soup making. It'll take your, the amount of time it takes, cut it way in half. And it'll get you all those nutrients from the bones and all those uh, delicious stuff out of the, out of the carcass of the chicken. And it'll get you well on your way to your next Yeah, you're, you're on meal. your way to your next meal. Yeah, exactly. And then you just, you know, one thing I like to do is a little sneaky thing is I take the skin off the rotisserie chicken and I spread it out on a uh, sheet pan a la Buffalo Bill. I toss a little salt on it <laughs> and I roast it so it gets all crispy and then I'll, I'll crumble it over the soup so you get a little bit of texture. You can make your own uh, croutons by chopping up bread. And the lower the heat, the more it will dehydrate it and become a more even toast. But you can also just toast it and um, a little olive oil on it, a little bit of salt. Um, 
Or you just cut up some bread and butter and you have it with your delicious soup. Oh, my God. Tasty. If it wasn't, wasn't 11.30 at night, I'd be all over making some of that right now. But hey, I know you I'm, don't eat meat. Do the whole exact same thing, but with garbanzo beans. Ah, garbanzo beans. Or chickpeas, or uh, rather uh, cannellini beans, or navy beans, or even kidney beans. It's a bean party. I like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of beans being eaten in this country right now. It's the musical fruit. That's all I have to say about that. But you know, it's, true. it's also a good source of a lot of a lot of stuff. So it's nice. Well, we appreciate it, man. That's good stuff. And we're gonna do a second part of this where you're gonna hit us up with a few more recipes for sure. We'll do a little kitchen quarantine confidential or quarantine kitchen confidential or whichever one gets us in less trouble, uh, copyright wise. But because um, there's a show called Kitchen Confidential, is there not? Uh, I think so, yeah. It's too good to be true, so it must be, right? Uh, it's gotta be. It can't be confidential, though. We're trying to spread the word, Kat. Right. It's just a quarantine kitchen. Kitchen quarantine is a hashtag that's going around right now in the in the food, home cook, you know, bloggist Instagram yeah. sphere. And um, I like it, so I've started using it. And um, I've already connected with a bunch of new people in the world who are doing the same thing I'm doing. And uh, I will say that on Instagram, I'm doing a lot of, like, preparation on the stories. Yep. And I'm still putting some more of the interesting or finished products on the Instagram itself. But I am always down to answer questions, give tips, um, or just talk about like what can I make? It's like that show Chopped. Everybody's playing Chopped now in their own house. Yeah. What do I do with a chicken neck and some M and M's and some puff pastry dough? You know. Um, so I am always down. This is beyond like trying to pump follower accounts or whatever. Like I feel like this is the most important podcast I've ever done with you because people got to eat. People don't have time to fill to learn all these skills um, throughout their life, but now suddenly you can't go out and you can't order in as easily, and you're trying to save money. So this is a survival skill, and if if you hit me up on Instagram, uh, I'm happy to talk about food all the time, and um, I've got a lot of people that I chat with already, just running conversations about what they're up to questions tips ideas and um i'm happy to talk about that and share that stuff all the time so um hit me up on instagram and as long as you can speak english um i'm happy to talk i'd be happy to talk another language too but i just don't speak it less effective yeah less less effective but yeah so at man cook good is where you can find jeremy and uh yeah he's genuine if you want to want some tips or want to just talk it out He's your guy. Uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for doing this tonight. Um, and I do, I have noticed that you're putting a lot more instructions into your stories versus just kind of finished products, which I think is pretty helpful for people trying to do their own thing. So thanks for doing that for all the rest of us ham and eggers out there. Thanks for being on the freestyles. Always. We'll have you back soon, Jeremy. And uh, with that being said, stay safe, stay healthy to you and to everybody else. Thanks again, bud. Thank you.